Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the latest installment of Pork... Oh, no, just Titillating Tales of True Terror. Yeah. I guess you could call it Pork Chops Titillating Tales of True Terror. It doesn't really matter. She's our manager anyway. Yeah, she is. How are you this week? I'm great. Now that I'm streaming. Oh, yeah. Yep. So love tell it. us about it. I love it. We're playing weird. I am <laughs> playing Spiritfarer. Uh, it's an indie game. And it keeps me occupied. <laughs> no, but... And there's some really sad bits in it. And uh, on the test stream, I was saying goodbye to one of the spirits, like, sending him off on his way. I did cry. And I'm oh, noticing... Really? Yes. And I'm noticing that every time I say goodbye to one, I end up crying. So the one that I recorded today, that I, you know, that I saved... Yeah. Um, I didn't say goodbye to anyone, so there's no crying in that one. But just be warned. That I am a crybaby. And there will be tears. Well, I can say, like, from... Obviously, I've watched the two streams, but I had seen you playing this game before, and it's, like, very visually pleasing. Mm -hmm. The music is very relaxing. And, like... Because I'm not a huge gamer. I especially don't play any indie games, but this one is by far the fav my favorite that I have seen you play. And it's like a really nice concept too, like yeah. helping these people get to the other side and like mm -hmm. get their unfinished business yeah. solved and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like fulfilling their last wishes, helping them fulfill their last wishes, and then when they're ready, when they're ready, they tell me that they're ready, so I can pass them on to the next phase of their soul journey. Yeah, mm -hmm. sounds really deep, but it's actually really like fun and colorful and and cute and sweet. Yeah, no, it is. It's really cool. So definitely go check out late bloomer 34 mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i'll add the link to um our what's it called on our bio the not our only fans what's the <laughs> our instagram yeah but in our instagram bio our we link have our link thing yeah. yeah 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 with all our links in it all our social medias whatever yeah and it's already on my uh instagram profile if you're not following me you should DJ Meow Mix, okay. DJ underscore Meow underscore Mix. Cool. And we'll link it in our stories as well on um, on Instagram tomorrow. Because now there's like a whole long list. Because every time we do something, we like start a new channel or like something that like to keep everything separated. So there's one for your like your makeup channel. Yeah. Well, see, that's why I renamed my channel Dulces Recreations because I wanted it to be... A general. Yeah. I didn't want to restrict it to makeup, you know? Yeah. I'm... So, like, right now, as it stands, my chatty videos that include makeup will be released on Fridays. Um, the ones where, I, like, from my Twitch stream, because I'm going to release it on, my, on that YouTube channel, is going to be on Sunday. Sunday's when I'm finished, when I've wrapped it up. Or sun or Monday at the latest. So that's when also I have two rounds of content on my YouTube channel. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. So if you do happen to miss the Twitch stream as it happens, it will be uploaded on Dulce's uh actual Twitch channel, Late Bloomer thirty four, or also on her YouTube channel, Dulce's Recreation, which you already follow. I know you do. <laughs> so make sure to go check that out. One other thing is I'm also going to leave um, the link for my mom's charity skydive in the description of this one again. 
in the episode notes. So wherever you're listening, just go ahead and click on there and donate if you can, because we've already had some people that have donated and it was just really nice. Um, you know, yeah, every little helps. It's all for a good cause. It's for uh, what youth pre- prevent youth prevention to youth, youth suicide, suicide prevention, prevention. <laughs> in Ireland. Which is obviously something very near and dear to everybody, I, I would think. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Donate if you can. Or even just try and leave a nice message for her mom because she's going to be falling 13,000 feet from a plane. Good woman. Yeah. And I think that's it this week. Oh, also, I've actually taken Instagram off of my phone. I haven't deleted anything. I still check, but it's like every other day I'll check on my laptop or whatever. Just because I was spending a lot of time on there and uh, this is nicer for my brain. (laughs) I feel like I get more stuff done. I'm less distracted and um, I would advise you all to do the same. But just in case we don't get back to you straight away, if you do message or anything on the Weekly Creep Instagram, that's all. That's why. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything, right? I think so. Let's get started. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. So, sorry. For anybody who hasn't listened to one of these before, it's just a collection of genuine ghost stories from people who are experiencing things or have experienced things in the past. Generally, we'll scour like Reddit or get listener emails and stuff like that. So if you haven't sent us in your story, make sure to get on it and send us some stories because I particularly like to do these kind of episodes after the bigger uh, like series style episodes. Because it gives my brain a break and gives me a chance to catch up for the next one, mm. which is currently being done. So there might be a couple of these in a row. Anyway, Dulce, what have you got for us? Okay. So this story comes from Alice Trades. It's called Something Outside My House Tonight in Far Northern California. So it's 2.14 a.m. at the time I'm beginning to write this. The encounter started around 12 a.m. I was laying in bed with one of my two cats watching TV. Red Dwarf, specifically. I'm guessing that's a TV show. Yeah, it's like an English TV show, I think. I've never watched it. Something I've seen a million times, and pretty much a comfort show. So I know what I heard wasn't the TV. I suddenly heard a faint and rather androgynous voice coming from outside. It was a little high-pitched and whiny. It's hard to recall because I only heard it once, and all it said was, Hello, with an upward inflection. I didn't really know how to react. I thought it had been my other cat, but now I'm thoroughly convinced that it wasn't. Because a few minutes later, there were three knocks at my front door in rapid succession. I threw on some clothes really quick, and went to see if there was someone at the door. About a sixth of it is a window. I couldn't see anyone or anything from inside through the window, so I just assumed it must have been the goddamn cat fucking around. (laughs) So I went to bed, but really freaked out. Ten goddamn minutes later, and there was a knocking at my door again. Freaked out to hell, I jumped up and grabbed the machete that's near my bed and I carefully look out the window again before going outside to have a look around. No one around again. I go back in and grab my pellet gun and go back to my bedroom because it just feels safer in there. 
Ten minutes later, again, the same fucking knocking at my door. Takes me a few seconds to get there because at this point I'm terrified and texting my wife about it. I get outside and there was nothing. No one. Again. My wife tells me to call the cops, and I do. While waiting for them, I was pacing around the house and ended up walking into the bathroom. While in there, I heard a deep and muffled voice from outside the window, very quietly. I basically screamed like a bitch and went back to the bedroom until the cops showed up. They looked around and found nothing. Of course. I live in far northern California, if that helps. Does anyone have any ideas what could be going on? No, but I like how he just blamed the cat for everything. Yeah. <laughs> just a goddamn cat. Yeah. Those Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses are at the front door again. It must be that cat. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fucking weird, though. Like, is it a person just messing with them? Like, I don't know which is worse, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, too, have a machete by the bed, so. <laughs> you do. I thought this was your story. No. But then no. I remembered Northern California. Ah, yes. All right. Moving on. This one is from Reddit user Caro underscore photo. Do I have a demon? Why does it only bother me? Because you're special. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I, 24 female, used to work at a women's prison, and I believe something possibly followed me home. I started experiencing things in probably June of 2021. I woke up earlier than usual to me throwing my arm across my boyfriend. I woke up startled because I usually don't move around a lot when I sleep. As I was drifting asleep, I felt two pokes on my arm. It was so real that I thought it was my cat or something. (laughs) But they weren't in there. It's always the cat. Always the cat. (laughs) (laughs) I believe I have felt another poke at a different time as well after I had mentioned the encounter to some friends at my house. I have heard three claps after I had been playing the guitar and singing. No one was home. And today did it for me. I was on the phone with a friend and I heard a boyfriend and I heard my boyfriend say, Simon, Simon is my cat. And it was in the tone of how he would scold him. Oh, sorry, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) But my boyfriend was at work and this was the middle and this was in the middle of my friend talking. It's freaking me out. I have tried sage and I walked around the house praying. My boyfriend thinks I'm just hallucinating. What do you guys think? So. I actually included this one because at first I was like, oh, well, like, you know, maybe it is just that. um, One of the hypnagogic uh, hallucinations. I think Mm -hmm. somebody actually even mentioned it in the. Yeah. Hypnagogic and hypnopompic, which I haven't heard about. But I think one is just when you fall asleep and one is when you wake up. And, you know, they sometimes I've heard it described as other things like exploding head syndrome, stuff like that. So sometimes as you're falling asleep, you might think you hear something and you're like, oh, my God, like, what was that? And then it's, okay. it's nothing. It's happened to me quite a lot. Um, But then when I got to the I have heard three claps after I had been playing the guitar and singing that freaked the shit out of me. Like, can you imagine just being home? Like, I mean, for me personally. Yeah, I that is when I play the guitar and sing is when there's nobody home. If mm-hmm. I heard somebody clapping for me, <laughs> I would literally jump through the fucking window. You mean you wouldn't say thank you? No. <laughs> um, and funny enough, little side note here. One time when I was home, it was one of the very few uh, experiences I've ever actually had. 
and I was at home in my parents' house right before I moved over here. And I got home on a Friday evening and there was nobody home. So I was like, lovely, I'll play the guitar and mm-hmm. sing, make some noise, whatever. And as I'm playing the guitar, I think I did like one song and I heard my dad come in the front door. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I went downstairs, I was like, I'll just make a cup of tea, expecting to see dad. Nobody there. Like, Ooh. but you know, mom and dad's house, like, yeah, people it's... walk on those wooden floors like you hear it. You and the door is it. very noticeable like they've changed the front door since but uh it's a very distinct like this is the the lock the key in the lock this is the lock opening yeah because i used to have to when i was sneaking out when i was a teenager i would have to do it like just trust me i know how to make that door <laughs> not make noise you and, really have to try for it to not make noise yeah so anyway i heard the person come in walk in it sounded like that and i was wide awake like you know yeah so that's why i included that um i don't know what you would do like again i'm not going to jump and say oh it's a demon but it's definitely something i would think you know yeah do you want me to tell the story about how um i woke you up no (laughs) i do not want you to tell that story why it's so funny okay fine tell the story (laughs) tell the story of how you woke me up (laughs) yesterday morning my first weekend off was it on Oh no, it was on. Yeah, it was yeah, yesterday. It was. Wasn't it? Yeah, my first weekend Saturday off morning. in a long time. I feel like. Yeah, it was. It has. It was. This weekend was your first. Yeah. So, I had to work this morning, and I woke up, and I let out the biggest fart, <laughs> and Adam rolls over, clearly like abruptly awoken startled awake yeah startled awake and he's like what and i'm like confused (laughs) because and he's like you trying to wake me up i was like no i farted and the look on your face was so (laughs) agitated i was angry you woke me up (laughs) you were like you're a psycho (laughs) And he just rolled over and fell back asleep. He called me a psycho for farting. So psycho is just my go-to word at the minute. It wasn't like, it was just the first word that came out of my mouth. But yeah, I, I stand by it. so agitated. I was pissed. Clearly disgruntled. Yeah. Five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Like sleeping next to a, a fucking one of those boats. Horn. Yeah. Boat. <laughs> Leave me this story. <laughs> I told my mom and she nearly pissed herself. Yeah, I was I could hear her laughing. <laughs> Am I the only one who doesn't find this funny? <laughs> I think so. Obviously. <laughs> uh, okay. <I> violated. <laughs> Whatever. Uh Maybe it was a combination of the noise and the vibration that made you think I was trying to wake you up. <laughs> so what? What is happening? I woke up like I was panicked. <laughs> but the walls are coming down or something. Your eyes were so red and tired. <laughs> it was so funny. All right. This is from DJ Stone, 1991. Love it. Titled, I just wanted to say thank you. 
I work armed security in Colorado Springs, and a few months ago, a contract ended that we had for a couple of years. The contract was overnight front desk and building monitoring for a community transitional apartment building, or simply a stepping stone apartment building for working homeless waiting for public assisted housing. Wowzers. I hadn't worked this location since last summer, 2021, and the contract ended early 2022. Primarily, we were hired because overnight some people caused trouble, be it homeless, from the shelter next door, less than deserving tenants, conducting illegal business, or standard issues involving apartment buildings. Security was limited on what we were able to handle as the building was ran by the shelter and leasing through the DHS and the state. I asked to be pulled after a two-month rotation working there twice a week because, hey, Staring at cameras and walking a small four-story building for 12 hours at a time is boring. Now to the meat and potatoes of the post. While working there, I got to know a really cool older guy named David. David was a veteran that ended up getting caught up in drugs and alcohol when he got out of the military in the late 80s. Though he was homeless for most of his adult life, David never asked for handouts, but instead worked off any debt he felt needed. Even though David was clean from drugs and alcohol for over a decade, when I met him, he was suffering from what lifestyle? He was suffering from that lifestyle in his old age. But despite his failing health, David got a job working at a deli that's located at one of my company's overnight patrol services properties. A few weeks ago, as I was checking the shopping center where that deli is located, I noticed the light on inside the deli and the dumpster behind the store had movement. I checked it out to find David standing next to the trash bags smoking a cigarette. After a brief friendly chat catching up, I told David I had to get back on the road but would be back later in the night. Happily, he acknowledged but asked if I could do him a favor and bring him a fresh pack of Newport Reds as he would be there for a while. I agreed and he said, I just wanted to say thank you for being kind to me. Two hours later, I returned with some cigarettes and a gas station fruit pie. As I come behind his deli, I saw a food delivery truck and a couple of his coworkers unloading. I parked and walked up to them, asking if David was still there. Confused, the men replied that David was dead. Upset, I replied that that was not funny, but the men said seriously that David died just after Valentine's Day on his way home from his shift at the deli from a heart attack. Not believing what the men were saying, I stopped at the transitional apartment building on my way to another property to drop off the cigarettes. At the front desk, the new security confirmed what the men at the deli said. The new security then stated that since he had no next of kin or a will, his apartment was just emptied earlier that week. It's now been about five weeks since I saw David at that dumpster, and whenever I'm working patrol on that side of town, I stop and have a smoke with my old friend, even if I can't see him anymore. That's wild. That is nuts. I actually really liked that story, though. That was just a real good old-fashioned... A heartwarming story. Yeah, a very heartwarming story. I hope he sees him again sometime. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be nice. Although this time he'll probably lose his fucking mind. Maybe. He was already dead. <laughs> so I have a couple of longer ones. Let me Let me read this one real quick. So this one is from Malemsicles. M. Lemsicles. <laughs> I like M lemsicles. I think it's supposed to be M lemsicles because M does not go before L. 
And it's called Intense Haunting in Texas. Ooh. Reminds me of that uh, Clutch song. What is it? You know, Galveston, El Paso. Something in Texas. Quick death in Texas. Thank you. Sorry for anybody who's like shouting out their fucking radio right now. <laughs> it's quick death in Texas. Literally no one. I, yeah, probably not anybody. <laughs> I think that's the name of the song anyway. I have actually messaged this person as well. And so I'm hoping we get a message back pretty soon because they also had video footage. Now, I haven't included it because it wasn't actually all that much. It was just the fact that you could see um, a couple of bits like being knocked off a, a table or something. Actually, it was at her workplace. Anyway, the way our house is set up, there's a staircase leading up to the master suite and it's a 90 degree angle. No vents. One night, about two months ago, my boyfriend is standing at the end of the bed looking towards the door, which is in a little hallway, so I couldn't see it from the bed. He was weirded out because there was a strong draft coming from under the door. That's impossible based on how the staircase is. Then I see him and my cat turn towards the door and react at the same time, looking shocked, and I hear the door creaking open and then slam shut. There was nobody there. Then there was the sound of loud stomping, running up and down the stairs, up and down, up and down, for a good five minutes. Nobody in the house. And every couple of nights for about a week or two, this running and banging up and down the stairs happened again. It happened so much to the point where we almost got used to it and we just tried to drown it out. Then it stopped just as suddenly as it started. There were a few weird little occurrences, doors opening by themselves, small noises, etc., but nothing crazy. Our back door has a storm door that has a dog door on it, and then there's the actual back door that is solid. The back door leads into a sunroom that is open to our backyard. We leave the door open so the dogs can go in and out of the storm door and then around 7ish at night we call everyone inside and close the door for the night. Information that is very important for this next encounter is that my Shih Tzu Oatmeal <laughs> That's so cute! Didn't we almost name Max Oatmeal? Did we? I don't know, I think so. No, his name was going to be Waffles. Yeah, but then Max was easier to shout. Yes. Anyway, Oatmeal, the Shih Tzu Hates going outside and will only go if we are with him. If I put him outside by himself, he claws and barks at the door and squeezes himself between the storm door and the back door. Jesus. About a month ago, after calling everyone in, I was watching a movie downstairs and my boyfriend was upstairs playing video games. About an hour or so into the movie, I hear scratching at the back door. I think it must be one of our cats because it's hard to get them inside from the sunroom. I go to let them in, and it isn't a cat. It's my Shih Tzu, Oatmeal. I pick him up and love on him and tell him I'm sorry that we locked him out. He growls at me and runs off. Oatmeal is a dick, so I don't think anything of this. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> About 30 minutes later, my boyfriend comes downstairs and I tell him that he locked Oatmeal outside when he called all the dogs in. He insists that Oatmeal has been upstairs with him this whole time. What the In fuck? his lap making it hard to play video games. What? We have a kind of half-joking but mostly serious argument because we both insisted on seeing Oatmeal in two different places at once. I shrug it off. I think my boyfriend just didn't want to admit that he locked Oatmeal out. No biggie. About two weeks ago, 
I wake up for work and take oatmeal downstairs with me and I close the bedroom door behind me so Odie doesn't run back upstairs and bother my boyfriend while he's sleeping. Odie. <laughs> oh, Odie. <laughs> I do this pretty much every day. I go to work, come home and my boyfriend is telling me how Odie got in trouble the night before after I fell asleep and said he locked him downstairs as punishment. I'm laughing because my dog is a dick and I ask him when he decided to soften up and left and let Odie back into the bedroom, and he very seriously insists that he didn't. I tell him that Odie was sleeping by my feet that morning, and I took him downstairs with me. We have another argument, both insisting he was in two different places. About a week ago, we were watching TV, oatmeal sleeping by my feet as always, and it gets late so we turn everything off, and are laying there watching videos on our phones until we get sleepy. I feel something climb up in between us and circle a few times before settling in against my back. I can feel my boyfriend petting it. I thought it was a little weird because I could still feel oatmeal at my feet and my cat usually lays on top of me. Same. He insists on being on top of me and he will climb back up if I push him off. But I just assume it's my cat anyway because why would it be anything else? About five minutes later I hear oatmeal's growl come from in between me and him and my boyfriend hurries to turn on the light as something runs off the bed oatmeal is sleeping soundly by my feet and my cat is sleeping in a chair across the room my boyfriend throws himself out of the bed and starts searching the entire room in a panic going through the bathroom cabinets the dirty laundry under the bed he literally had a gun and a flashlight and is hunting the room panicked he said he was petting what he thought was oatmeal but when he got to the head, it was completely hairless. <gasps> and it growled and tried to bite him and then ran off. We were up for hours before finally falling asleep with the lights on. At this point, I'm convinced it's not a ghost problem, but some sort of skinwalker or a doppelganger monster plaguing the house. Over the next few days, we heard some strange noises and little things, but nothing huge. We talked to some people and decided to try and cleanse the house. So we were going to go to the metaphysical store to get supplies. As we are getting ourselves together, I hear three knocks come from the top of the stairs. I asked my boyfriend if he heard them, and then there was another three knocks, this time louder and more separated, more deliberate. Knock, knock, knock. We leave the house. When we get back, we decided to leave the stuff in the car until we are prepared enough to do it because we didn't want to make whatever this thing is angry. But I did bring in a worry stone I got. I used to have one from when I went to Ireland that I'd carry in my pocket, but I lost it. I put the worry stone in my nightstand. We spent the evening downstairs. All of the animals were downstairs with us and the bedroom door was shut. A few hours later, I go upstairs to shower and I notice something sitting in my cat's water fountain. It's my worry stone. My fucking stomach dropped. So then the next night... We're at dinner with my boyfriend's mom and she is telling me about all this weird stuff in the house that I didn't know about, including a mailbox in the wall in the downstairs closet. She said she assumed they used it to hide money, which I think is odd, but I decided to entertain that possibility until I actually went home and saw the mailbox. It's a tiny bright red mailbox that they cut a hole in and anchored it into the closet. The back of the mailbox is gone and it opens into a crawl space between the wall and the back of the fireplace. There is a string in the mailbox that lowers into the cavity. Why would someone hide money in there? It's so obvious. 
Even if they were, why the string? Once you found the mailbox, you found the string. If the money falls out of the string, you'd have to cut the wall open to retrieve it. I made my boyfriend cut a hole at the bottom of the wall, but we didn't find anything back there. Whatever they were lowering into the wall is long gone. The mailbox gives me the heebie-jeebies, but I decide to leave it alone. The next day I'm at work and I'm telling a co-worker about this strange tiny mailbox and a pair of my grooming shears is thrown onto the floor from my shear holder in front of both of us. We caught it on the security camera. My co-worker was so freaked out she had the manager go review the footage. I did close the drawer before the shears fell but I've tried to recreate it and I couldn't. They're soft closed drawers. I tried physically shaking the station and even body slamming it to try to make my shears fall, and I still couldn't. At the exact same time this is happening, my boyfriend calls me from home and tells me that everything is okay, but something tried to catch the house on fire. He had been burning his mom's old tax documents for her for the past few days. It was about 10 years of paperwork, and it's hot here in Texas, so he split it up. He had been burning the last batch. He went upstairs to grab something and came down, and something closed the flue and the house was filling with smoke. The chimney flue, for those mm-hmm. who don't know. He had to extinguish the fire, which was reaching out of the fireplace, and evacuate the animals and air the house out. It has been like three days, and it still smells a little smoky in here. Again, little occurrences happen of weird noises, doors opening and closing, hearing walking upstairs or on the stairs. Keep in mind we have been sleeping with the lights on, I refuse to be in the house alone. Then, last night around 2am, we are both awake and decide to go downstairs and grab a snack and let the dogs out. My boyfriend is outside with the dogs and I hear, clear as day, loud thumping footsteps in our room upstairs. I go outside. Then we both come back in and we are on the couch and the light in our dining room is flickering and I ask him if he noticed it and he tells me that it started flickering when I got home. He tells me that's how he knew I was home and met me at the car earlier that day. He said it hadn't flickered all day until I got home. And now that we're talking about it, the flickering got worse. On and off, on and off, on and off. We decide to turn the lights off and go back upstairs. Then, upstairs in our bathroom, the light bulb in our wax melter bursts mysteriously. He goes downstairs to the laundry room and our laundry room light all of a sudden won't work when it was just on less than 30 minutes ago. He comes back upstairs. We lock our bedroom door and try our best to go to bed. This morning all the lights are working fine until I'm out in my craft shed where the electricity starts going on and off, on and off at random. Everything all at once like the breaker is being switched back and forth and then it just stops. After a few days of flickering and strange noises and doors opening and closing, we cleansed and salted the property. Here's to hoping this is the end of it. It would be nice to be able to just sleep with the lights off again. Wow. What? That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. But let's start with bald oatmeal doppelganger. That's fucking horrific. That one gave me chills. Like yeah. that specific part in the story. What the fuck would you do? Like it's a creature monster thing. Yeah. Does it live in the mailbox in the wall? Like, is yeah. that what the family, the, the previous family, were feeding it through? Like, what? Did they keep it there? You know, like around, like with a string. Like, was it like? Or is the that small... how they lowered the food down? 
it could be, or that's just how they lowered it. You know, that's where they yeah. kept him. This is like some fucking weird pet cemetery shit. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. The son revived the dead dog, and now we have to live with it. <laughs> it's probably likelier that they lowered it into there, because I would only imagine that they wouldn't let it poop in there, because the poop would pile up. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I guess a small mailbox. I don't know. Either and then way. you'd be like, your home smells like shit all the time, because there's poop in the walls. But then also, like, they both saw a regular-looking Shih Tzu doppelganger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that had hair on its head. So what the fuck is that all about? Yeah. I don't know, man. That that one is fucking weird, though. I thought maybe oatmeal was like skipping through dimensions, like time dimensions. He's <laughs> just a know? really talented dog. If it was that talented, like it wouldn't accident. get stuck between the fucking storm door and the regular <laughs> door. <laughs> but like then it started. Then he she said that her boyfriend touched a a bald oh. oatmeal. And, like, the Bruh. fact that they both felt it and saw it oh. run off the bed and stuff like that, too. I'm sorry. I'm it it must have scared awful him. awful situation. It must have scared him. Like, I feel like he's, he saw it. Like, he saw what the fuck it was, and it scared the shit out of him so bad that he had to grab the gun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It wasn't, like... Was he thinking like, it was just, like, a big rat or something? Like, is he I even... don't know, but it was... It, I'm telling you, he probably knows, it's probably seared into his brain, his memory, what this thing looks like. And she is just so lucky to have not seen it. Yeah. Or did he see it, though? Or did he just feel it? I feel like he had to have. Because if it was just one of those things where it just, like, freaked him out, like, or just creeped him out, I don't think he would have grabbed for the gun. I think he was deeply deeply terrified enough to grab a gun yeah so i feel like he growl and fucking go to bite him as well so that's why i feel like he must have seen he must have seen it i've literally never heard anything like this though (laughs) fucking that's gross this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, so this story comes from Dark Dark, Dark Elysium. Dark Elysium. Okay. Sick. All right. And it's called, I think I'm haunted by my boyfriend. And now he's communicating with my son. All like that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 15 years ago at 17, my boyfriend and I were coming home from a date when we were in a car accident. A drunk driver T-boned us at a light. I was severely hurt and they thought I was going to die. Unfortunately, my boyfriend did die. He died on the scene. He was my high school sweetheart, and I had known him since kindergarten. It was extremely hard for me to lose him, 
It's still hard to talk about. The last thing he did was take his hand and try to brace me from the impact. It started about two weeks after I was able to go home and five weeks after the accident. I would wake up to him screaming my name. I just thought it was a dream, but one day I heard him call me by my nickname that he gave me and I saw a silhouette of a shadow figure sitting on the other side of a bed. Then it disappeared. There are things like this constantly, even now. I never told anybody because I didn't want my family to think I'm crazy. After five years, I finally decided to move on and met someone else after college. We decided to move in together. I was packing my stuff and decided to leave my stuffed animals with my parents to put in the attic. I know I put every stuffed animal in a box because I'm kind of ADHD and I check and recheck, but when I got to our new apartment, the stuffed animal my deceased boyfriend had given me for my 16th birthday was in one of my moving boxes. I still continue to see his shadow and hear his voice, but still never mentioned it. My boyfriend and I decided to get married, and then we had two kids. My son is about four years old, and last week he was in his room playing, and I heard him talking to someone, like it was a real conversation. I just thought maybe it was him using his imagination. I walk in to ask him who he was talking to, and he said, you know who it is, mommy. It's my son said my deceased boyfriend's name. I asked him to repeat it in case I misheard it, and it was his name. I asked if he talks to him a lot. He said, not a lot, but sometimes. I haven't told my husband about this, as I'm scared, and it's a conversation I don't want to have. He doesn't believe in ghosts. I'm scared he will think I'm nuts. Sometimes I wonder that myself. But now my son is involved. So, I'm in here, asking... If anyone can tell me what this could be, could it really be him? What should I do about it if it is something that could hurt my son? So at first I was like, oh, this poor girl is obviously traumatized. And obviously she is. I'm not saying like it's a trauma worthy event. Like, yeah, no, she's been through it. She has been through it, like a near death experience and losing her fucking high school sweetheart. And I was like, oh, OK, like, you know, it's understandable that she doesn't want to tell people. But then that like what's the word validation that like her son is now experiencing it i don't know that it's necessarily a scary thing like somebody in the comments of this particular story was like that's a demon what else could it be why like and he he went on and on say i'm assuming it was a he they went on and on saying like why would your high school boyfriend be still like you know pestering you or whatever but let's that just, is the question though but let's just assume like it took her, I think she said in the story, like five years to move on. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, that's great that she did that, obviously. But for this person, the dead guy, if he is like, if we're talking just straight up black and white, this is a ghost. He was, she was his life up until that point. So why wouldn't he still be there in a loving way or in a just wanting to be still involved with her? That's exactly the point I was going to bring up, because if you took away the boyfriend part, They've known each other for life. Yeah. That's, all of his life. Yeah. That's your friend primarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's in a tough spot because it's going to seem to her husband. 
initially, it, it might seem to him, especially because he doesn't believe in ghosts, that maybe she's still carrying a torch for him. Yeah, or she just never got over the fact, like... Yeah. So she's in a tough spot, for sure. But I would like to assume that it's a a loving, caring vibe right. rather than meaning to scare anybody. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, let us know what you guys think. So, this is the last one. And it's a longer one. And this is by The Wheats. We bought a haunted hotel. <laughs> Apologies for the long post. This story dates back to the late 90s. I, male, 15 around the time, was living in Bournemouth, UK with my family. My parents purchased a Victorian hotel, nine guest bedrooms, and we moved into the hotel owner's accommodation. My parents had their room on the ground floor, and my brother and I had a room each in the basement. The hotel was a nice place, it had a happy feel to it, except in certain areas. There was one room, room 7, on the top floor that had a strange vibe when inside it. Whilst cleaning this room, there was a closeness as if all the air around you was closing in on you and a ringing in your ears that only really became apparent when you left the room itself. I always kept the door open when I had to work on this room and was happy and was always happy when I got to leave. We will come back to this room later. Okay. <laughs> Within the first few months living in the hotel, it was apparent to the whole family that things were happening that could not be explained by everyday logic. The large old doors around the hotel were heavy and had been fitted with auto-closers for fire safety reasons. This made it generally difficult to open them at times, particularly when carrying trays and hotel supplies. However, often we would be walking through parts of the hotel and the door would swing open. We would expect to see someone walk out of the connecting room, but there would be no one there. Another occurrence experienced by my entire family at some point or another was the feeling of being hit by a sudden gust of wind, even when in a room with all doors and windows closed. We're not talking about a little breeze. This was like someone held <laughs> this was like someone had held a large rotary fan up to your face and put it on maximum power. <laughs> Then, after the wind stopped, there would be a strong smell of gingery aftershave. Weird. I can't even picture what that would smell like. I can. Is it nice? Yeah, it is. (laughs) Is it nice? (laughs) Is it nice? The first major incident we had involved room 7. A couple and their 10-year-old daughter were staying in the room. After dinner, the parents went to the bar for some drinks, but the daughter was bored, so she wanted to go and watch TV in their room. And she did. All was fine until another guest entered the bar and asked if anyone was staying in room 7 as they could hear someone screaming in that room. My parents and the girl's parents ran upstairs and went into the room and found the daughter sitting up in bed in floods of tears. When asked what was wrong she said that she had fallen asleep and then woken up to see a man standing in the room. My parents asked what the man looked like thinking it was one of the other guests in the hotel but the description she gave was of a tall man wearing a top hat and that he had hair down the sides of his face, but not a beard. She effectively described a Victorian man with sideburns. Her parents asked where he went, but she didn't know. When she woke up, he told her to stay in bed and go back to sleep. That is when she started screaming (laughs) 
and when she looked back up, he was gone. They searched the hotel but no one was found and none of the guests came close to matching that description. They put it down to a bad dream. But my family were sure there was more to it than that. Not that we ever talked to the guests about the supernatural occurrences. We figured it would cause more issues if people actually knew. It was a few months before the next sighting. The ground floor layout of the hotel was quite basic. There was a main lobby area and off that were the different rooms. Lounge, dining room, kitchen, etc. The bar was part of an old extension only accessible through the dining room. This meant that if you were sat in a certain position in the bar you could see directly through the dining room and into the main lobby and stairs area. A guest was sat having a drink in that exact spot when she turned to my mum standing behind the bar and excitedly said Oh you have a wedding party in. Mum was quite confused and asked what the guest was referring to. The guest said that a man wearing a full top hat and tails had just walked down the stairs. Oh. My mum moved round beside the bar and looked out of the window towards the entrance of the hotel, at which point the guest said, no, he didn't go that way, he went down to the right of the stairs. What the guest didn't know was that the right of the stairs led to our private quarters. Mum and dad went to check, but there was no one there, and although there was ways out of the building... They were locked and bolted from the inside so no one could have exited through them without it showing. Another common occurrence in the hotel would be the sound of running. When on the ground floor, you would hear running upstairs. This was not surprising when the hotel had guests. In an old Victorian hotel, every sound was heard and magnified. Gross. (laughs) But over the Christmas break, we would shut the upper floors of the hotel and just have family time. But the running would still continue. It was so loud at one point that we were sure someone had broken in. My brother, dad and I even went upstairs clutching kitchen knives for safety. But after unlocking and checking the rooms, no one was up there. A guest started staying long term at the hotel. I don't recall what his job was, but he had business sometime of the year in Bournemouth and certain other days he had to travel into London. On London days, he would need to be out of the hotel by 5 a.m., Mum would leave him out a continental breakfast and he would help himself to it and be gone before we woke up, returning later that evening. One day, when returning from London, he was chatting to my parents and he said something strange had happened when he left the hotel that morning. He had come out of his room, as usual, and was surprised to see a boy stood on the half landing leading up to the top floor of the hotel. The man was not used to seeing someone else up at 4.30, but, being polite... He said good morning to the boy. He said the boy didn't say anything. Instead, he just turned and walked slowly up to the top floor. The man thought it was strange, but carried on with his normal morning routine. My parents were puzzled by this and asked him what the boy looked like. He said he was around eight or nine years old, but couldn't recall what the boy was wearing. The reason my parents were so confused was because at the time we had no children staying in the hotel. Many months later, whilst serving breakfast, a guest came into the dining room and and quite loudly asked my mum, Is this hotel haunted? (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) All All the other guests stopped eating, intrigued by the question and even more so by what the answer would be. My mum played it cool and simply said, Why do you ask? And the lady replied that she had woken up in the middle of the night and there was a boy stood in her room. She said hello to the boy and he vanished. Whoa. 
Mum acted surprised and said it was the first she had heard of anything like that. Mm. Again, playing it down in front of all the listening ears. Right. And the final incident involved me. Not not me, Adam, the person writing the story. The uh, OP. The OP, yeah. I'd been saving my money up to buy a watch. A storm watch, to be precise. I had finally managed to get enough money together and had made my way to town to pick up the watch. It was my first ever expensive purchase. If I recall, around £90 at the time. Whoa. When it was time to go to bed, I took the watch off and went to put it on the bedside table. However, in each room there were internal phones next to the bed. This was in case my parents needed our help or guests were checking in so we could be called to assist. The bedside table in my room was so small that took up, the phone took up all the space. For that reason, I decided to lay the watch over the receiver of the phone and hope that no one called me in the night. My bed was one of those large metal bunk beds. It had a single bed at the top and a sofa bed below that folded into a small double. That sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> I slept on the bottom, partly because it was a double, but realistically because the ceiling was so low you could not physically sleep up top anyway. Oh, that sucks. I remember being woken in the night to the loudest clanging metal sound as my whole bed shook. It felt and sounded as though someone had taken a run and jump and landed on the metal ladder of the bed. I was facing the wall at the time and I remember the utter fear I felt. I would say it is the only time in my life I have ever actually been frozen by fear. No part of me would move. I just lay there, too scared to turn over and see what had caused the entire bed to shake. I'm not sure I would have been able to call for my brother, but he was away at PGL summer camp, so couldn't have helped me anyway. I lay there for hours, just staring at the wall. Finally, the light shone down the basement window and filled my room. I plucked up the courage to turn around and look, and thankfully, there was nothing there. I sat up in bed, and the first thing I noticed was the watch was gone from the top of the phone. I searched around the floor, thinking it might have slid off. Then I thought about the noise my bed had made, as if someone had jumped on it. Slowly peering up on top of the bed, there, in the middle of my mattress, was my watch. I guess the little boy had wanted to play with it too. My mum went on to research the local history of the hotel. She was able to find out a doctor had lived there when it was first built as a house. And during his time there, a young boy had died from an illness. I can't remember the exact details of how, but we owned the hotel for many years before selling it. It later was converted into flats, and I often wonder if they still have any occurrences. I would imagine they would. I would like to think they have the same occurrences. Yeah. If it's just flats, apartments, like... But yeah... Wow, that was actually a really good one too. That like <laughs> reminds me of the fucking hotels that we have stayed in when I've been trying to find a nice unique hotel. Yeah. And now we are not allowed to book unique hotels because <laughs> of the weird shit that we've had happen to us there. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So it's Hilton's and Clayton's and Fucking right. Generic fucking what are they called? Like Hampton Suites and stuff like that? Yeah. For us from now on. Yeah, I'm not sleeping in a... I ain't sleeping with no ghost. I'm not sleeping with no ghost. <laughs> I like looking at them. I'm not trying to bring them to bed with me. <laughs> I know. It's a different story altogether when you stay in a like a place that you think might be haunted compared to 
like going and doing like a haunted tour or going to a place that you know is supposedly haunted and then being able to go back home and be like oh safety yeah and there's also something about those generic hotel rooms that's just very comforting you know it's yeah. so uniform and you know that like are you assume that there's nothing weird that would happen there although my little sister had something weird happen in one of those hotel rooms really yeah i remember um i told her to write the story down for me so i could read it properly but that was like fucking a year ago her and her boyfriend were staying in this hotel in wexford in ireland and it was like just a usual hotel and the two of them like woke up kind of out of nowhere and kian roisin's boyfriend was like did you see that or something like that he had seen a shadow figure in the bathroom like he had seen it in the mirror and the light was on which there hadn't been a light on right and then not too long after that then the fire alarm went off but only on their floor and they all had to be evacuated hmm yeah weird that is weird anyway hope you enjoyed this titillating tales of true terror i have a story Oh, you do? Oh, sorry. Yeah, remember the one that my coworker told me? Oh, shit. Yeah, my bad. Okay. So he didn't say not to use his name, so I'm going to use his name. Well, I mean, just first name. Yeah. Fine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was telling me that his brother bought a colonial home and turned it into an Airbnb. He said that this home is called the Linville Manor. Okay. Oh, okay. And you can, if you want to stay there, check out Airbnb. And I think the nightly rate is 473. But the cool thing. Whoa. (laughs) But uh, the cool thing about it is that because it's a small colonial home, the house, the rooms are actually in high demand because his brother and his partner. They run the Airbnb and spots to stay at the Airbnb are like in high demand because sometimes when you stay the night, um, if you're lucky enough, you can catch uh, tickets to go to their murder mystery like dinner. Oh, okay, that's cool. Events. And um, he said they only sell about 10 to 15 tickets and everybody knows about them and like they'll get sold out and other people will buy the tickets off. Like they want these tickets so bad. Like they have like clue themed parties and, and that kind of stuff all in this, in this colonial home. That's fucking cool. I know it is. So he was telling me a bit of backstory about the home. He said it was originally owned by the Bowie family and it was originally 400 acre property, like including the home. And it was owned by John Smith, who married into the Bowie family in order to maintain the property and also that he can maintain ownership, which he did until the 1950s. Um, Then the home was bought by Calvin Johnson and his wife. Calvin Johnson was a state senator from Illinois um, and his wife was a socialite who was apparently very crazy. Man, I wish I, I wish people would say, oh, Adam Lynch, the socialite? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, like, she just, I was like, what do you mean by crazy? And she was like, well, she was, like, an alcoholic who threw big parties. And apparently she was really renowned for being petty. She <laughs> used to rent the property for weddings and cancel the bookings last minute out oh of boredom. Oh, my God. 
just out of, out, of, out of boredom, yeah. So the house in the 1950s was retrofitted, mostly retrofitted to be modern for that time. So it's like a hodgepodge architecturally between like the original uh, structures inside and outside the home and uh, 1950s styles. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, but the outside was mostly maintained as it was once or as it was originally. So I asked James about his stay, and he said that he stayed in the lodge room, which is much like the rest of the house, filled with antiques, because his brother, James's brother and his partner, go antique shopping almost every day. And I was like, wow, like, if this place was already haunted and you're already bringing things uh, that are antiques that other people have owned and, like put their you know their juju on yeah and he's like yeah they even like bring in like wardrobes filled with clothes jesus and i'm like clothes like i don't know to me if like if if it's a shirt that i wore all the time and i'm likely to wear the same shirt all the time if i'm from back in the day and i don't have money to be like buying all these shirts you know or even if you had the money to buy all these shirts i feel like your clothes collection there is probably not as big as one would have now Today, an yeah. average person with average means. Um, so I feel like they probably had their, they're like dense with their past juju from, yeah, their you know what I mean? Like they probably still smell like them. Yeah. So, um, he was telling me back to James, um, he was saying that he was staying in the lodge room. Um, and he couldn't, so he was telling me that when he goes to sleep, he can't, even in his own home, sleep with the closet doors open. And I'm like, dude, same. Like, yeah. I, it's it's really hard. Um, and he was saying um, that the closet doors in his room were those barn styles where you slide them open and right. close. And he says he specifically remembers closing them because he doesn't like, he's uncomfortable sleeping with yeah. them closed. Um but he went, when he woke up the next day, they were wide open. And he also remembers while he was trying to fall asleep, like a, like a persistent, heavy presence in the corner in the direction of where the closet was while he was trying to get to sleep. But he eventually just tried, you know, yeah. did his best to brush it off before falling asleep. He brought it up to his brother who said it was likely what he was feeling is likely coming from the hallway that is closest to the billiard room and the conservatory, which are apparently highly active. Um, they keep a log book to like for the guests so they yeah. can record. So like there's a log book and then there's another log book for the creepy encounters that guests okay, have. Okay. So anyways, he was telling me that in this room that there is, uh, a wardrobe he showed me a picture of the wardrobe i'm like this shit looks creepy he said that this wardrobe the mechanic of the handle is very unique he says that the handle has to be lifted and turned clockwise to open and he said that he and his brother were having a conversation and then when he turned over he like heard a noise and he looked over and the door of the wardrobe was just unlatched had unlatched on its own whoa and I asked him, I was like, dude, did you know how haunted this place was before you went? And he said that he heard about some things, but he just wasn't aware of the severity. Yeah. And he's like, and he was showing me this room. I think it was a ballroom that has two teal chairs. Okay. I think on the Airbnb website, I'm not sure what he was showing me on, but it has a 3D scale or image of each room. So it's like you're in the room, right? right. 
So he was showing me this room and he was like, you see those two teal chairs on the corners? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, those are the only two teal chairs that are in that room. And so I look at the picture again and there's a third teal chair in front of these tall veranda windows. And I'm like, I just felt chills on my scalp. I was like, then what the fuck is that? What do you mean? There was a third one in the reflection? No, there was a third one in the fucking room. A third ghost chair. A ghost chair? Yeah. Like, I don't know how the fuck this happened. Because he's like, those two chairs are never moved. They don't, they're stationed there. Because there's a lot of furniture in that house that is connected to the floorboards. Okay. Those two chairs don't move. And those are the only two teal chairs in there. If you look at the, the picture... When it, whenever it was recorded or photographed, whatever the fuck you call it, with these 3D scales, that you will see a third teal chair askew in front of these doors, these window doors. And he was like, "Is like I was like, what the fuck is that?" He's like, "I know." And what's even creepier is that you can walk down those stairs. Like if you open those window doors, you walk down their stairs, and it'll take you to the Bowie family cemetery. What the fuck? This is a whole episode of first for me, a hot like a ghost chair. Yeah, I no, I I don't, I'm not, I'm not gonna say <laughs> no, it's a I ghost know, chair, but you see what I'm saying? It's just like random ass shit. Like it's like remember, like our paranormal activity can be the manipulation of reality here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I feel like that's what it was, and that's why it freaked me the fuck out. He was like, imagine being shown a picture and be like. Okay, there's only there only should be two of this here. Yeah, this is just and, a fucking random ass materialization. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Aside from the fucking teal chairs, there's other there's um instances of of uh, furniture moving around and shit on its own. And he said between the hours of eleven p.m. and one a.m. If you stand behind, there's a white couch. I think it's in the parlor. You can, if you're standing behind that white couch, you'll feel the draft of, like, traffic. The feeling that you get when someone's passing behind you. Oh, weird. Of constant traffic between that room, between that spot and behind the couch, and going into the ballroom. Because the ballroom and the parlor have a doorway that connects the two. That's fucking nuts. There's also been... uh, Reports of people, guests that stay at this place, seeing figures in the library, sitting in the single chair that is in there, which, by the way, the library looks bitchin'. Um, <laughs> uh, in the conservatory, there's someone who's in the conservatory room that you can stay in. Uh, people have reported seeing uh, a figure there just standing at the edge of the bed who has been dubbed the lurker. Uh, he doesn't interact or move with any of the guests. He just fucking stands there like a fucking gross. creepo. Yeah. And, and in addition to all like the murder mystery parties and the clue theme parties, they they do frequently have um, people who book nights there to do paranormal investigations. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. When we can afford $500 now. <laughs> no, that's really cool, though. Yeah, it looks really cool, the place. Right on. And that's what I got. Well, that's good. Cool. Well, 
again, we hope you all enjoyed this installment of Titillating Tales of True Terror. I don't even know what number it is. Thanks, James, if you ever decide to listen. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks for the it's info. It's nice to have, like, first-hand stories like that, like, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. And if you want your story read out, send it to us. Send us a voice message if you want. We can play that. Um, And, yeah, I think that's about it. Don't forget, if, if you do want to donate to my mom's charity skydive thing for youth suicide prevention, click the link in the episode notes. And then all of Dulce's new stuff, like her Twitch stream and YouTube channel, all that business will be in our link in our Instagram bio. And I think that's about it. Make sure to rate and review, subscribe if you aren't already on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever it is that you enjoy us. And uh, yeah, have a happy Monday and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.